0: Welcome to the Ford Unto Dawn podcast, the show all about exploring the fiction of the Halo universe. This is episode 28. I'm David, and I'm joined by my co-host, Danny. Hi, Leho. And this week, I'm joined by our guest, Herespis.
1: Hello, again.
0: So we've got Herespis on this week to talk about the most recent novel in the Halo universe, uh, Renegades by Kelly Gay, which came out in February, mid-February. And this is a meaty book.
1: A little bit, a, t- a tiny bit, you know? One of those sort of confluence points in a, in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking, looking back at some of our old stuff, um, when Silentium came out.
1: Oh, that was a while back.
0: Yeah, I mentioned that at the time, it was like, all right, well, if the Halo universe had to end... <laughs> this would have been the book that would have closed everything out and been fine with because it wrapped up a whole lot of stuff. It moved things forward. It it seems like it tied up a bunch of stuff. And while I don't think this really feels like it's wrapping things up, obviously, it does feel like, to me, the most consequential Mm. Halo novel since Silentium.
1: It's one of those, um, you know, going back to the end of Halo 1, I think we're just getting started kind of (laughs) moments. (laughs)
0: but like in terms of I mean we have lots of the great thing about the expanded universe is you have these little side stories you have stuff like that but that it's just got that sort of here let's all these long plot points that have been sitting around since 2012 I think
1: or even earlier than that oh yeah
0: some even earlier or when was Primordium 2011 or 2012
1: Uh, That was 2012, but of course there were the data drops set up for Primordium, I recall, uh, probably around 2011, around um, Halo 1 Anniversary.
0: Yeah. I guess the other other surprising thing to me was that this was, for being a such consequential novel, it was a Kelly Gay novel, just because her previous book um, was a short story in Halo Fractures that got uh, expanded into Halo's Smoke and Shadow, and Mm. it's a good book. I liked it, but it was also, aside from tying into Halo Wars a bit, it wasn't what I would consider like one of those consequential novels you have to read to kick the universe going forward. So that surprised me.
1: Fractures started off with a lot of uh, sort of like prologue kind of stories and Mm -hmm. Into the Fire obviously set up that uh, that. I say larger in air quotes because it was only about 98 pages in Smoke and Shadow. Yeah. Um, and it was like, there was really an appetite after that for more Kelly Gay because she did such an amazing job with so few pages in that story. Uh, and then here we are with an almost, what, like almost 400-page novel.
0: Yeah, 50, it's big. pages. pages. Mm-hmm. It's meaty. And I actually didn't reread considering it was only 90 pages I should have but I didn't didn't reread um didn't reread Smoke and Shadow before this um, which I find actually kind of helpful because the book we talked about um on our last episode twenty seven with uh, Def Guru, I mentioned that a lot of the novels seem to be putting in more effort in trying to be accessible mm. to people who hadn't uh read a Halo novel before, and I'm not sure how you would pick one of these up really. Uh, that was the
1: same with um, New Blood as well, mm-hmm. where basically part of the book just recaps ODST.
0: Yeah. And so in this way, you get a, it starts out with a basically previously on Halo Fractures <laughs> and Halo Smoke and Shadow stuff, just like uh, a lot of the other books recently have. But it also takes time out to recap pretty much the events of sort of kind of the Forerunner trilogy and sort of kind of uh, Hunters in the Dark. At a period. um, Yeah. Which I found fine. Uh, And also, it helped that there was the in universe conceit of these people just don't know anything. They are not Halo (laughs) readers, they are just scavengers. So it worked in that sense.
1: Yeah, I think you've got a really great contrast there of, um, you know, you've got Annabelle Richards and the uh, sort of established kind of characters from the past who are like, they know the game, they know what's going on, and then you're primarily following these characters who are very small, you know, they're just scavengers and they find themselves in this ever escalating series of events that eventually comes to span you know, universe spanning events.
0: Yeah, they kind of, it's almost like they Sort of accidentally walked into a video, one of the Halo video games. Obviously, this isn't a game, but in terms of like big events, uh, it sort of feels like that. And especially since this one, this book pretty much happens concurrently with Halo 4. Mm. So you get like these little teases of um, setups for Halo, what's going on in Halo 4 and setups for Spartan Ops. Oh, with Gek? Yep, yeah, with Gek who the returns. Gek. Yeah, so I had totally forgotten. most of the stuff besides all right they're scavengers and they fought some guys and they found uh the spirit of fires buoy that they left in arcadia and ended up getting lost Um, and
1: funnily enough that's all you really need yeah uh, and i think
0: think that's the thing that in general i don't think halo is particularly except within like the tight-knit trilogies like the 400 trilogy it's never really been at its best when you had to read a bunch of stuff to catch up um Mm. And I think in this way, it it definitely uh, never. I never felt like, oh, wait, who's that person? Actually, the only per the only part I felt like that was when it came to Annabelle Richards, who I totally forgotten was a character in Hunters <laughs> in the Dark, which, looking back, had a lot of characters.
1: Yes, it had uh, something like almost two dozen or something that
0: they were. Uh... Yeah, because it had the Spartans. It had uh, it was setting up Vale. It had uh the halo three elites who i always forget the name of it had uh the spartan fours it had all those scientists the scientist who dies the scientist who doesn't dies annabelle richards who i forgot about so yeah there was a lot going on there
1: not to forget the uh the cyborg bobby as well well yeah oh yeah 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 that <laughs> that was a thing that happened <laughs>
0: Well, this book has lots of things that happen, too. Maybe not in as negative a form, but definitely (laughs) things I did not expect. Um, Yes. So we'll get right into it. Um, So it starts off... That was one of the interesting things. If you haven't read a Halo book or are not intimately familiar, uh, starting off, uh, you get a prologue um, and these interstitials throughout, uh, told from the point of view of an initially unknown character. Although if you mm. know much about Halo, I think Kelly Gay does a good enough job with some of hitting some of the little hints of um 343 three, Guilty Spark's mannerisms that you could pick it up even before this gets revealed later.
1: Especially at the very end of that um little passage where he
0: goes, ho oh, hum. Yeah. Oh, hum. That's a very guilty spark kind mm. of thing to say. Yeah, that little sing songy, chirpy nature. Mm. You could hear that in her voice. Um, but Chaka's 343 Guilty Spark, unknown character at this point, is uh, broadcasting a distress call um, and also something that is not entirely clear if you're new, but if you have some familiarity, you realize he's in an Armager's body uh, that he's sort of downloaded himself into because he accidentally crashed the ship he was in and killed <laughs> of him. course he did. Yeah, and I like that in overall I think for a character piece this does a really good job of showing how even when 343 guilty spark or spark as he just gets shortened to here is on your side that's really not necessarily great for you because (laughs) things might just happen and he's like forgotten what it's like to be a flesh bag and people just die
1: (laughs) And that's one of like the most fascinating aspects of his character because he's not even like actively trying to you know harm anyone here. It's just like oh, oh, I'm sorry that just happened.
0: Yeah, um, but we kick up back to it's March twenty five fifty seven, and actually this book takes place over a pretty long period of time compared to some of the I was previous surprised ones. Surprised by today. that? Yeah. Yeah, it starts off in March. It goes through all the events of Halo Four. Um, it starts off with the previously. And basically, there's the the previously on is partially done by a, a Oni agents log mm-hmm. um, on Venezia. This is one of the the members of Rion Forge's Salvager crew who is actually a plant, um, and he reveals that like they've uh, discovered the ruins of this installation following the Spirit of Fire's buoy, which we know is. Etern Harborage where Halo Wars took place and then in true UNSC fashion they blew it up uh, and there's a fragmented AI there uh, a luminary that they discovered uh, along with Gek our favorite goofy looking <laughs> elite who actually becomes a character in these books which it is does. kind of nice
1: Yeah, I really uh, I was surprised in Smoke and Shadow when he showed up and the amount of backstory we got from him, like the scar on his eye and everything that we see in Spartan ups. That was um, some nice little touches there. Yeah,
0: yeah so we find out that Rion inflicted on him trying to kill him, did not, uh because he killed her her friend. And was sad. Um and so yeah the AI is is little bit as they nickname him. Um and it skips ahead to May and uh basically Rion and Nico the salvager crew are here. They're hiding out and repairing her ship, the Ace of Spades, because little bit in the usual <laughs> in the usual forerunner AIs try and help, and whatever happens, fried their FTL drive. And this is a new which gets into the uh, so many colonies that somehow survived the Covenant War and pop up, <laughs> which kind of irks me, but They do at least a decent job um, here setting it up as a unique place. Uh, Kamoya, I believe it's called. Yes. Um, And it's basically, it started with a colony vessel that became like the capital city of this place. And they've sort of built onto it from there. Mm. Uh, It kind of, the description sort of reminded me of uh, like the boneyard and exile maps in Halo Reach and Halo 4, just like these pieces kind of lined around and, going in and out of these ships that are sort of streets. I'd love to see that, like, in proper form in a game. That'd be really cool.
2: Yeah. It's not an original idea, having a massive set uh, ship be the basis of a of a colony, but I really like mm. the idea. I really like the mental image it puts in your head of it.
0: Yeah, and actually, that's when those little touches a um, couple show up later that actually give this book a bit more of a cyberpunk feel at places. Um, mm, I get that. Because this is this isn't this is less uh, common in the Halo universe, and it sort of reminds me of that. Um,
1: I was going to say that actually, yeah, it, it feels weird at points, and that's what I really like is when Halo does weird.
0: Yeah, and more weird will come up. Um, so they uh, they lost what's his name? Cade. <laughs> Cade.
1: Not Cade Six, but the other Cade.
0: Yeah, not Destiny Cade, but other Cade. Um, and once again if you, you don't really need to remember that from Smoke and Shadow but what comes up is that he's gone his absence uh, affects the Ace of Spades crew and that's really yeah. uh, his absence is felt and that's what drives a lot of character motivations but luckily there's a replacement uh, and Ram Shalva who shows up because he's lost his ship and his, his little character thing is, after having everybody on his watch die, he's not so interested in going through that again, so he just wants to join mm-hmm. Rion's crew. And so basically, they're on this planet because they got a plan uh, to get back uh, at GEC, um through the, the use of this auction. And so we get, once again, let was talking about the the neo-cyberpunky or, or stuff that is less common in Halo. They have disposable translators, which I don't think we've ever seen before, um, just to facilitate this stuff. Uh, In the continued make Halo Nightfall relevant uh, corner, we have a Yonet. Uh,
1: We have several Yonets. Yeah,
0: and they they spend time, this is the, in terms of, yeah, shove in a, a <laughs> Star Trek alien that kind of got thrown into nightfall and people thought was weird, but justify it after the fact. Uh, Rion actually has more familiarity with them because they're supposed to be like the the kind of shifty dealer, wheelers and dealers, and after the Covenants collapse, that's what they're doing here. They're basically the auctioneers. like the Yonhet.
1: In terms of now, design like or... Them. I just like the I like the idea of them. I don't mind the design. I think when you're working with like television stuff and the alien races, you're inevitably going to end up with things like that. I just I don't find it hugely off brand, to be honest. For uh, for the series, I still watch '60s Doctor Who. I don't, you know, it's <laughs> it's not something I mind too much.
0: I mean, I I like my Star Trek and rubber foreheaded aliens too, but uh, <laughs> it is. A little disappointing in terms of yeah, when you have a a franchise primarily based in games where that hasn't been an issue, mm. uh, like if they had made the Yannette look like like the weird. Um, I still really like uh, Shikai Wang's original uh, designs for the jackals were these like weird elongated mm. things when they were supposed to just basically be sniper rifles, so they looked kind of like sniper rifles, um, mm. stuff like that. I didn't realize. The 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 flip side of that is, I guess we would have gotten bad CG like the elite, and everyone would have been complaining about that instead.
1: It's a it's a lose lose yeah. situation really, wherever you go with it.
0: <laughs> and in terms of bad things about Halo: Nightfall, that's really not on the top of the list. So, uh, yeah, I
2: honestly I honestly didn't mind. I I, I like the fact that they remembered. The just well,
0: Cortana up. remembered Arlington. them, and then Buck remembered them, and now <laughs> Kelly Gay remembers I know
2: them. Everyone remembers them. It's so fun.
0: Remember those weird guys? Taken over. Yeah, or they were, and they were also in escalation. So they've, they've been backfilled in pretty well. Or I, I shouldn't say they've been backfilled in. They've, they've pretty much treated them as like, yeah, these guys were nothing you heard about during the Covenant, but when it fell, we found out about these guys, and that's fine. Okay, yeah, and then, so we get introduced to our our first group of UNSC guys who are going to be uh, at odds with the Spirit, or not Spirit of Fire, Ace of Spades, <laughs> the Ace of Spades crew, uh, the UNSC Turrocato. Yes. Sounds right. Um, with Agent Han. Um, they mention here they get a tie-in to Last Light and Retribution. that They were out at uh, Gao. And they they basically get uh, pinged to Kamoya because in order for Rion to enact her revenge, she has to go through a credit check to get into the auction, and that brings mm. everybody
1: there. I've got to say, I really love this setup because I mean, revenge is a pretty common theme in Halo. It's one of the one of like the major, I think, themes of the series. So beginning with that to sort of kick the story off but then branching away from it as the uh, narrative goes on to find some kind of peace. I thought, like, as for the book as a whole, it was really
0: nice. Yeah, well, and also starts basically with a heist. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is less common in Halo. Um, so you get all the players, pretty much, except for Geck. I mean, there's nothing from his point of view, but you, you're setting up everyone you know is going to come and it's whether or not they can pull it off or not. Mm. And... It, which again, Oni arrives at this planet in literally an hour, in Slit space, which is another one of my arc. Slit space is too small now, um, but at least they lampshade it. They mention, "Oh well, it was so fortunate it was on this corridor, so we could get here so fast." <laughs> um, so if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, at least hang a lantern on it. Um, and so basically. Rion's going in alone uh, inside the auction vault. And in another little cyberpunk touch, uh, she's got little data-stealing gloves, Mm. um, which they basically devised because you aren't allowed to take weapons and conventional electronics, but this skips. And that will come in handy later because no one knows to look for it. And basically, Rion shows up, and Gek, unsurprisingly, is not so happy to see the person who nearly killed him. And nearly throttles her to death. Um,
1: He's never happy, Gek. I don't think we've ever seen him like, crack a smile at all in, any of, the, I in guess, any of the lore we've seen.
0: I guess he cracked a smile when he committed that terrorist attack on Earth, but we don't know. Yeah. Or he when, he, well, yeah, when he escaped the midnight facility, which I guess is mm-hmm. still the 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 short story remaining for him. Uh, we don't know how he did that. But the the Yanet uh, Eld, I think his name steps in and just like no, you can't, gentlemen. No fighting in the war room. Um, <laughs> and the auction is for a harvester. Uh, mm. so for people who remember the giant, uh, giant contraption in Halo Four Spartan Ops, that, uh, I really thought was gonna be like some weird precursor thing.
1: But just- <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, in my um non-spoiler review i posted some teasers for the book and one of them was that get by something that definitely isn't a precursor because uh, if you remember that whole time when the trailer in mm-hmm. the second half of Spartan was was dropping it was like oh, the precursors are going to be in yeah. Spartan it was like was it
0: a primordial or was it like one of their like organic no it's just the Force covenant stuff is kind of weird and more insectoid but um But they they make out, like, hey, this is a really dangerous uh, weapon that you could do lots of sort of stuff with. Um, You could, if you let it, they give, here they give the detail, like, if you basically let it go long enough, it could tunnel to the core of a planet and blow it up. Hmm. Um, Or not blow it up, but damage it severely. Which, for for Covenant uh, super weapons, is actually impressive. Not for the foreigners. They do that every Tuesday. And so you get this... And then so you get the the whole scrappy scrappy thief versus the heart of gold. She's like, Oh, well, our plan was to let him get away with a harvester, possibly, but that could be really dangerous. But it doesn't matter because she's kidnapped <laughs> in the middle of her plan. Ooh. By the office of naval idiots. Um and they they're they're actually Spartans who pick her up. And she basically says, all right, well, you're going to let Gek get away. He's a big deal. Um, And so they head off to try and cut him off. And the Spartans are, as we find out, from Fireteam Apollo, which is a nice little touch.
1: And that's built up to. um, It's a sort of soft mystery as to who uh, Big Guy, uh, as Kelly writes him, actually is. And it's a nice little payoff for people who have been invested in that. Yeah,
0: that's if you don't know, their Spartan team, uh, Fire Team Apollo, is uh, the Halo legendary crates is the the universe conceit there. The Fire Team, so they they basically round up Oni rounds up all of Rion's crew and the Ace of Spades entirely uh, onto the Turricotto. Um and Hans interrogates her and threatens everyone. So your typical Oni stuff, and we find out uh, why Kip, uh, her her former crew member who was working with Oni and it was basically because of Cedra. Uh the attack there basically caused him to buy into mm. to Oni's plans so that's another uh, Halo Nightfall link I'm loving it and um, Han, they, they do a nice job of basically uh, Han and Rian facing off and Han sort of overestimates his position or doesn't realize that Rion is not the person you want to push too far because she goes Mm -hmm. from threatening her and her crew to, like, basically bringing up Cade and talking about how it's going to just take everything uh, that she has because they're looking for the AI specifically. Um, The Unknown Spartan is, like, yeah, you kind of have to give up here, but you don't have to like it. But in return for all this, they're going to be free to go. Um, and that Spartan's still in Novak, who has he come up in any of the fire team Apollo stuff? Novak.
1: Doesn't ring a bell.
0: Yeah, the, the name did not particularly ring a bell, so I think he's new. Um, but it's, it's, it's another good example of uh, where they highlight the differences between the Spartan 2s and the Spartan 4s. Mm-hmm. um that he's kind of a a wise ass and that han has a sneaking suspicion that uh he could have stopped Rihan from punching him but he didn't it's just he's like uh, like was he really <laughs> being an asshole and letting him her punch me um, I enjoyed that moment yeah so they get back on to 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 the ace of spades but they've lost everything and for Rion that's a huge deal because it's all her research about uh, trying to find her father and they get back to their base on Venezia and find out that they literally crated off basically her home there too <laughs>
1: they just like shot it up into space and they were like right this is ours now
0: yeah they just like lift, airlifted it off wherever so she's down to the studs uh, but the key point is that she still has her fancy cyberpunk gloves and a plan um, so on Venezia they, they uh, have uh, the Kigiar Norfell basically get a favor from her to scan their ship for bugs because of course Oni has left all sorts of stuff in their ship to try and track them um, and the nice touch I found was that they were even bugged with subdermal implants and they just didn't even know, which is creepy and totally something Oni would do. I've got a note as well that I love how alien Kelly Gay makes
1: uh, Venezia, because the issue I had with Karen Travis in like uh, Mortal Dictata is, I think, something that a lot of people had issue with, where the King Yara and that are like, well, as the humans say, and there was...
0: <laughs> hey, 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 that was the Elite, and that was in Glasslands, not Mortal Dictata.
1: No, I had that issue in Mortal Dictator <sighs> as well. I think that was kind of a through line in a lot of her world building is that the aliens were not very alien.
0: <laughs> but she still gave us Venezia, which is shed up a lot. Um, yes. And basically, uh, she gets a superintendent AI, which I thought was interesting. Uh, they get a dumb AI from her and mm. a data core that Oni didn't steal. And the Nico and Lessa, who uh, are siblings if you didn't remember from the previous from Illyria. Book, from Illyria, yeah. They fight about uh what they lost because they lost it's kind of one of those a through line with this book is definitely like what you hold on to, what you live behind. Mm. Um and they had taken like their baby blankets or stuff from their, their old life and uh Nico's like that probably wasn't it really didn't have any relevance to us like you came up with a story to to make it have some emotional resonance because we didn't have kids um, and definitely Cade was like sort of the father figure so he's gone so they're freaking out about that but uh, Rion's formulating their plan going forward uh, and they decrypt the information from the gloves which gives them uh, Gex plans they f- figure out that uh, he's going to use the Harvester to tunnel into something he found in the Etern Um They confirmed that they were accosted by Spartans and you'd like, it's a nice touch because in a lot of ways, I think it was kind of necessary, but we we've stepped away from the, Oh my God, is that a Spartan like kind of mythical status? So it's nice to still have. Yeah, that's
1: uh that's the thing of diminishing returns. I think uh, as you go on. Yeah.
0: So it's nice that, it still has some like for these people who aren't in the military, they're still like, "Whoa, really?" Um, and they reference here. They reference uh, I had there's a incident in two hundred twenty five fifty four, uh, the Bornstellar relation. I don't know if we'd gotten the the, the date for that before.
1: Um, so the Born Stellar relation was uh, how Halo Krypton was delivered as a story, and it was found within the uh, Onyx Shield world. I guess it was called Trevelyan at that point.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, and basically that there's uh, something valuable on an uninhabited planet, uh, Geranos A, uh, that they, there's this distress call. Um, so basically, they decide, "Hey, maybe if we give Oni like some salvage or something, we can get back our stuff because they're going to want that more." Hmm. And uh, then we we go all the way back uh, to Voy and Earth uh, in June twenty five fifty seven, and this is where Annabelle Richards pops up. Um, and basically, since the events of Primordium, when three four three. Guilty Sparks stole a ship. They've had this plan uh, to try and trap him in a special facility whenever he shows up. Um, Project Bookworm. I love that. Love that title. Yeah. Um, And so it sounds like they, at some point, they picked up the the testimony from basically what forms Primordium in twenty five fifty five, I believe. And I have my I had a note here that. She says chomping at the bit instead of champing at the bit, which is a grammatical pet peeve, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And we get, uh, they send, uh, Captain Hollier of the Bad Moon Rising is basically sent, uh, sends a team to recover 343 Guilty Spark. So now they've got this distress signal.
1: I've just realized that they really missed an opportunity here with Gek because... um obviously this is a story about space pirates, and Gek has got one eye, so you know, maybe, maybe Gek's got an eye patch at this point.
0: <sighs> yeah, it was not mentioned, but that would have been good. Kelly, next time, next time. <laughs> yeah, and so the Turricado ends up at the debris field, the Foreigner debris field. Um, and here I had a question where they learn the fate of the spirit of fire, and whether that conflicts with stuff in Escalations or um, the catalog post because we got a a catalog post that said that the Spirit of Fire had been declared lost basically before this. So I wasn't sure if it's just one of those official things where oh well it's officially declared lost and they've actually found out what happened or not.
1: Yeah, that's always something to keep in mind. It's just sort of like the framing of everything. It's like, okay, so to what extent is this information kind of reliable and where's the sort of source it comes from? Because I think a lot of Halo evolves out of um, unreliable narrators.
0: Yeah, well, and all those, the catalog and data drops and stuff, I think Mm -hmm. at this point, are, throw stuff out that we aren't going to hold ourselves to particularly.
1: Yeah. Cause, uh, three uh, sort of realized that the catalog stuff was a bit of a mistake eventually. Um, that, you know, you're answering all these questions and you're sort of locking yourselves in yeah. to, uh, have to tell stories in certain ways.
0: Yeah. Like they mentioned, um, the shadow of intent at some point and we're like, well, yeah. just, wait, the shadow of intent is supposed to be doing this in this novel by <laughs> Harold St- Joe Stanton. So, um, yeah, so there was some there was some niggling details I think that weren't entirely consistent, but I mean, it's just one of those things. Uh, <laughs> uh, then we get the character moments chapter, uh, with everyone on the Ace of Spades. <laughs> as Nico's sad about losing his AI buddy, um, and you get the sense that. Uh, he sort of spells it out that Little Bit was sort of like the quote unquote compensation for Cade's death. Like, well, yeah. I lost my father figure, but I have this and we're going to do so much crazy stuff together. And oh, wait, now he's gone. Um, <laughs> but don't worry, you're going to entirely forget about Little Bit by the end and get a new AI buddy. Oh yes. Which yeah, actually it's kinda of funny, a little bit just drops off the face of the earth in this book.
1: Yeah, I think that that that's probably a valid criticism, is that he's basically not mentioned again throughout the rest of the book. And it's like, okay, maybe this is maybe this'll, you know, inform a future kind of story here, but uh he, he sort of loses relevance entirely once the scale ramps up and it's like Guilty Spark, the librarian, all this and that.
0: Yeah. Um and this is in a case showing where Slit Space moves at the speed of plot, this one actually, this journey actually takes some time, not just hours. Um, <laughs> uh, so other stuff is... Um, Lessa, meanwhile, is wondering if they should just leave. Um, and there's some conflict uh, with Nico about that. Uh, they mentioned briefly, line I had not... There's a Sangili board game, which I think really before that we'd only gotten the uh, Aram... The RM- for yes. their games. So there's, they play board games too. <laughs> no mention yet it's on Halo Fleet battles. customizable card games, but I'm sure that's there too. So they arrive in June 2557 in the system. Um, and here they mention uh, something that ties into Gex backstory is that he was imprisoned on the Midnight Facility prior to Spartan Ops and escaping because of a terrorist attack on Earth. And this explains that Really, how he did it was because he infiltrated refugee camps on Earth, which I had issues with the idea that the UNSC would ever let alien refugees be on Earth. <laughs> Honestly,
1: it does seem a bit soon, but I love the idea. Uh, they they actually specified that it's Kigya, Ungoy, and sanghili uh, refugees who are on Earth, which is a nice little added detail because uh, in Spartan Ops, when it's brought up, we didn't get the specifics of you know. Anything wow. beyond oh hey, there are aliens on earth,
0: yeah, I thought the only way the way I kind of justified it is presumably they didn't just kill everybody during Halo three that there would have been prisoners and stuff left behind with truths and stuff yeah. like that, and then uh presumably closely allied with the swords of St Helios um but it did it did give pause, and I guess maybe they rethought that after there was a terrorist attack um. But who knows? Because it's mentioned
1: in Spartan Ops that they're uh, all penned up, as Hoya says, and that's got uh, that's got some implications around it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a District Nine. Yeah, thing. maybe they they close th- lock things down after that. Um, we also get a nice um, one of the things I mentioned in our Bad Blood podcast was it was the kind of return of big examinations of. Inner colony versus outer-colony attitudes and such, mm. um, and that politics. And here's there's less of the politics, but there's a good bit about what everyone on the Ace of Spades crew thinks of Earth. Um, and there are some who are like, well, I've, I have no allegiance there. I don't, never... I wasn't born there. What do I care about it? Versus like, oh, well, you gotta go back and see the homeland, the ancestral homeland kind of stuff. Um, and I thought that was that was an interesting sort of look at.
1: It's really nice how it ties into sort of the overall kind of emotional arc of the story with uh, Guilty Spark as well, you know, returning home, that whole idea. Mm-hmm. And, no, and no matter how far sort of humanity has diverged, and the hu- the old human empire certainly did diverge to the point where they forgot that Earth was their homeworld. They they come back and there's a really sort of emotional kind of weight to that and a very kind of romantic science fiction idea around it.
0: Mm-hmm. And we get uh some more cool tech stuff. They mention uh medical nanites are fixing RAM up. Uh and they also send out uh Michelle the spy drone. Um hmm. which is one of those things where yeah, realistically we probably don't see enough unmanned drone stuff in Halo. Um, but they set to work uh surveying the planet. So it's nice that there's like there are more probes and drones and stuff. Uh hmm. I understand why it's not satisfying if you just have a bunch of robots doing all the space travel and exploration. Uh, but it's a nice concession to reality. Um,
1: you can do that more easily in a book, I think, than you can in uh, in other media.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we get our brief, uh, it's Star Trek time, because we're going to send an away team to the surface <laughs> of this planet. Um, and they find the, the intact remains of 343 Guilty Spark although they don't realize it's him yet. Um and we get a nice they've not played Halo Yeah, one. and they they're sort of going through stripping it down and you get uh it will come up a couple times here is uh just like the ethics of salvaging um and like what you <laughs> hey, there are dead people there, stuff like that. It's not <laughs> exactly a fun job. No. Um and they're just kind of curious because it seems like everyone died quickly yet there are graves and someone obviously set up this stuff but um, they're not really sure what's happening but they bug out. And meanwhile, the entire time Spark is actually awake and cognizant and he's plotting. Mm. Um, and I thought... As he does. Yeah, and as I thought that they were really going to delay that like, oh, the explanation but in literally the next chapter he just pops up in front of Nika. Like, okay. <laughs> so uh, we get a nice uh, touch with the UNSC arrives at the planet and basically Spark is like, all right, well, no time to talk. Let's get out of here. Uh, so he commandeers the ace of spades immediately. Uh, and then he performs an in-atmosphere slit space jump, which is a nice uh, touch to the capabilities of the ships and stuff. Yes. Like, Wait, you can't do that? Oh, but I can. Um <laughs> And he sets a course to the E trend Harbor Bridge because that's like the nearest Forerunner facility, and nobody knows where he's actually going, so they can't tell him that's a bad idea because he's blown up.
1: But there's that element of dramatic irony for the reader who is familiar with the you know what's been going on and everything, and he's like, oh man, it's not going to work out for them. Mm-hmm.
0: And we get from three, four yeah, guilty sparks perspective, we get or I should say just spark, um. We get more of him, like, trying to reconcile being Chakas and 343 Guilty Spark and remembering his life as 343 Guilty Spark, and he's really not interested in—he in, doesn't want to be him again, Um, which is a nice touch, even as he's driven on his goal. He, he doesn't really want to be the machine anymore.
1: It's an interesting parallel to uh, Bornsteller's own character arc in the Forerunner saga because he's got the didactic wisdom in his head, and there's this whole idea of like, you know, what happens to Bornsteller, and it's that identity he eventually comes back around in uh, in the Fracture stories to uh, to reinherit, to
0: reclaim. Yeah, and so uh, everyone, there's a standoff now between the Ace of Spades crew and uh, Spark, um, and Spark. Basically, fills in the Ace of Spades on. He gives them the, the plot notes for the Foreigner trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. and they, they, I do like that they, they lampshade how absolutely bonkers and goofy parts of it are. They're like, wait, <laughs> yes. that happened? And wait, what? Uh, uh, and the crew is not really sure what they're gonna do. Um, I
1: imagine that whole scene playing out
0: almost like the uh, the sequence terminals like they were watching them. It's like only Risk <laughs> let's check the historical documents. Um Yeah, the the crew sort of debates what they do. Nico's like, I have a new AI friend. And I'm like, what about little bit? What little bit who? Uh um, but basically Rion's like, Well, uh they'll use the the drone has an EMP in it. Uh, so if they need to, they're gonna use it against three for three guilty spark. Um, this situation where, like, he's like, "Oh well, don't worry, everything will be fine. Trust me." And they're like, "Hell no!" But what can we do? You have our ship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so there's this tense standoff, um, and meanwhile, back at Voy, Richards realize uh, that they've been scooped, um, and we get your requisite UNSC squabbling over jurisdiction and stuff um, you know the usual thing like oh this is all your fault um, and Han ends up realizing that he screwed the pooch because it was Ace of spades um, who showed up he's not sure how so he basically has to go into damage control mode and like all right if I find the Ace of spades and capture them again everything will be fine this time um, and basically they're gonna make a deal. Uh, to get back what they stole in exchange for the other stuff they stole, and uh, we get envoy. They have um, we get another AI uh, who we haven't heard about. Um, who I liked, uh, Ferg, is dressed in a business suit,
1: which very owning.
0: Well, well, I just enjoyed for the I gave I. They didn't have this detail, but I just kind of assumed it was like a '60s madman or like '80s like Gordon Gecko kind of business suit guy, just because I find <laughs> that funnier. Um whereas all these other people are like proud Spartans, historic figures or whatever. It's just like a guy in a suit, maybe some <laughs> real cream in his hair. Um and we learn that Richard's ultimate goal is the domain. Um and they yes. they learn about it, uh we learn that the details so basically this book tells us where all the foreigner trilogy came from because Silentium's uh, relations came from a catalog, the catalog that was with the librarian uh, and was discovered on Earth. Um, and there was another one also found on Onyx
1: yes a monitor shell that was uh, that was actually in the intro to uh, silentium because the the big thing about the on the saga is that each book is a, a frame narrative mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a story that's being recalled from some kind of source that only is uh, that only is investigating and it was nice to have the domain come up here because there's been kind of uh, with halo 5 when it you know came back into the setting a sense that like oh we already kind of know about this where it should have been one of those Huge revelations,
0: yeah, especially with uh, with uh, Halsey mentioning, "Oh, Cortana got access to the domain. This is a bad thing." It's not really explained where she learned about that, Uh, so I'm guessing she knew about it from before her time in Spartan Ops. Uh, Mm. Some details were either given to her, leaked to her, or she found out in her usual way. Uh, I'm happy to buy that. Yeah. Um, So the Ace of Spades arrives at the Harbridge. And Spark's like, what the hell? And they are like, oh well, uh got blown up. Um and they come under Covenant (laughs) attack. Um the at that exact moment, the UNSC arrive. Um and Rion gets to taunt Gek instead. Um we get uh more Star Trek in that there are view screens now, (laughs) which I do Not recall ever being a thing before in Halo, but I might just not be recalling something. I mean, we had uh, like hollow transmissions and stuff in Halo 4 and things like that. I do not remember view screens. There's kind of view screens in Halo Wars on the, uh, on the Spirit of Fire. That's true. Yeah, that's that's right. They do have a sort of a view screen uh, thing with a uh, forge on the ground. Um, yeah. Um, but so they, they slip away uh, before the UNSC basically nukes everything because I'm guessing because <laughs> they, they detect that there's uh, some residual flood. So I assume this time they've learned their lesson and just decide maybe <laughs> nuking the foreigner stuff. There's plenty of foreigner artifacts Scorched out there. Man. Let's just blow the yeah. hell out of this one. Cause it could be really bad. Um, Points for any. Yeah. And so uh, they bug out and basically Rion and Spark Talk and 343 makes a deal to help. He's going to help them, um, but they can't turn him over to Oni. Um, and he's going to, but his plan requires some upgrades. So we get uh, Halo foreigner pimp my ride. They're going <laughs> to head to a place and grab a design seed uh, that will interface with the Ace of Spades. Um And here, uh, there was a nice touch uh, that we finally get confirmation. Uh, There had been some theories that uh, in the Foreigner Trilogy, they mentioned these crystal flakes are the heart of Foreigner FTL drives. Yes. um, And that they were cut from this giant mother crystal, and that was the only source of them. And people thought hey, well, crystal, maybe that's the foreigner crystal in First Strike that causes all these weird time spores. But the size and the location and the weird slip space stuff didn't really make sense. But um, here, uh, Guilty Spark mentions uh, that, well, there were smaller crystals they cut from the big crystal. Um, So that solves the size, and then he specifically mentions, well, if you don't have it in this special container, it causes weird stuff time distortions and all this bad radiation uh, which pretty much confirms that what they found in hmm. first strike is in fact uh one of these foreigner slip space crystals which was a nice because it would
1: be weird if uh that particular crystal was like a not very special one that had all this kind of security like weirdness around it that we see in first strike yeah and it's it's nice to kind of get confirmation that it was Something a bit more special.
0: Yeah, so that's that's a plot thread. That's that's wrapped up since two thousand Two thousand three, two thousand four, yeah. so like before yeah. Halo two. So in the the realm of things I didn't actually think were ever gonna get solved. Um mm. the the wibblywommy timey wonkiness of first strike was <laughs> up there. But here we are. Um so after giving them the whole explanation of the Forerunner trilogy 343 Guilty Spark finishes basically giving the Ace of Spades crew the audiobook version of Halo. Um, one of the I, he, rich I yeah, well, no, I assume what he did is he pulled up YouTube and pulled up one of those like Halo complete movie all cutscenes kind of things. Um, just like so this you, four you mean, hour uh, waypoints, yeah. Well, YouTube is on Waypoint, obviously. <laughs> there's
1: uh, so they just spend 16 hours watching those cutscenes.
0: There's there's more lantern hanging on how ridiculous that uh, guilty spark is narrating Primordium in the first place. Um, mm. so they're off to the the planet where they can make these upgrades and hopefully hasn't been blown up. Uh, Triniel Triniel And on the way, uh, Spark and Rion sort of bond over their parent issues. But at this point, uh, or around this point, we find out that basically, um, Spark, from his his brief time at the the Harbridge, figures out uh, what happened to Rion's father, that John Forge is dead, dead, dead. Uh, but she doesn't, she doesn't reveal that to her because he's afraid that she might alter the deal, won't go through it, etc. Mm. Um,
1: with good reason, yeah, with good reason. On both
0: sides, yeah, um, and I do like yeah. Th- there's there's really no reason f- for each of them to screw each other, but there's the wariness of well, he doesn't really necessarily need us at this point. So there's this this general wariness. What happens when you usually are dealing with people like Oni who don't keep deals? So uh, they make they make a, a Chaka's Hall image for his his armature shell. Uh, yep. Nico bonds with Spark like as everyone expected that guy just really likes his toys um <laughs> he loses a
1: father and he sort of finds a brother in a way which uh, is almost like Chuck and Riser in a, uh, in a sense
0: yeah and so uh they arrive at Triniel and we find out that basically uh and here's another example of creepy uh creepy looting because they basically find just the armored shells of all the foreigners here because they they killed themselves and everything on the planet to deny the flood
1: yes this was quite a quite a horrific section of the book i mean this book has got you can say it's got pretty much everything in it and this is where it taps into like proper like existential horror in a sense
0: yeah i did have a, a mention they they talk about all these new life forms and i had a note that evolution does not work that way (laughs) That in 100,000 years there would not be these weird variations of stuff that had been there before, but um, I was really happy that they mentioned different gravities, which usually almost never comes up in Halo, Mm. Um, and the only time I think it's ever kind of been relevant is in the the one episode of Spartan Ops where the gravity goes haywire when Requiem is being destroyed, (laughs) um, which was a really cool point, and I wish they would do more stuff with gravity like that, and uh, oh. I guess the low gravity section on Halo Four and the Halo Reach map. Um, but they basically they basically decide um, when they leave. They get the design seeds and stuff they need to upgrade uh, the Ace of Spades. But uh, Gilly Spark and the Ace of Spades crew basically decide to leave leave the the planet without like. Trying to make sure it doesn't get discovered again. That'll just stay, yeah, just stay a memorial, which I liked. So they they have they got their design seeds. So they're gonna to refuel and restock. They go to a out of the way place called Myers Moon. We get mental images that I did not expect to see. Forerunner soldiers picking up <laughs> sticks. Um, also later followed by guilty spark going dynamite fishing again it's that
1: it's that weirdness they're
0: trying to fish and he's like hey this is so much faster makes a gun and shoots it and, it's brilliant i love it which they yeah and then everyone freaks out because like wait he can make a gun out of nowhere <laughs> oh crap <laughs> um and uh like they also they spend some time like hey we have no idea what's going on in the universe. We have to connect to waypoint and uh, figure out what's going on. Um, and she finds out uh, that Gek put a giant bounty on her head because he's tired of the meddling Rian and those kids. Um, and mm-hmm. Hans left the offer that she realizes is too good to be true. Like, hey, give us back what you found and we'll give you your dad's stuff back. <laughs> um, so she basically, finally, she's been iffy on this whole upgrade the Ace of Spades thing, but she's like, all right, we're going to upgrade it and we're going to screw Oni on the deal. And at this point, uh, 343 actually Spark contacts uh, the last catalog. Um, yes. Which is interesting. And the one that
1: was on, um, was the one on Mars? Uh, it's part of a triad with the one that was found in Silentium and the one with the librarian. Yeah,
0: so it's the the final one. I don't remember where. Um, but we get, he basically... The catalog denies him access. Uh, and we also get...
1: Just like he did the Didact. Yeah,
0: which you get... He's like, wait, <laughs> the Didact's around? Like, when did he access it? Mm-hmm. Like, not long ago. <laughs> uh, it's like, what? It's like, not a big deal either way. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's when we know, hey, oh yeah, this is taking place during Halo 4 now. Because um, they're now at uh, August 2554. Um, and we head to, I believe, a new colony we haven't heard of. Out of the Way Colony for the Trade. Uh, with Han, Bintral. Um And they specifically mention at this point uh, that um, Halo 4's events have happened. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to create a dummy Guilty Spark in this data core as bait. Uh, we also get um, them teaching Guilty Spark how to play cards. Which <laughs> is another <laughs> mental image. Card sharking Guilty Spark. <laughs> And so they basically meet in this place.' We're like, well, no one likes Oni, no one likes the UNSC, so we'll have guns if things go bad. Uh, Han and Rian meet and the Swath gets complicated as they planned. Um, we learn important notes. Uh, kicking a Spartan in the balls does not phase him much. Uh, and basically it turns into a giant firefight uh, because Gex, guys show up there's the, the Oni and everyone on the planet um, and Spark ends up basically plucking Rion from the firefight which I liked his, his little action hero mode yeah
1: yeah. It's, it's nice to see Spark be able to sort of do things actively rather than just play around as a ball
0: yeah well and occasionally shoot things um, and I, I forgot that the, at this point uh, Spark has been subtly molding his facial features because he can do that too Mm. so he looks less angry soldiery and they also uh lesa paints a spade on Gilly spark so he's got his little he's got his multiplayer emblem
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's ready to uh angrily shout at some 13 year olds online
0: yeah and uh in in the chaos of everyone trying to get back uh lessa and and nico have a moment where she admits she needs to stop babying him uh but they they basically get out partially um so so they have they have their moment amid the yeah because that's kind
1: of um one of the big conflicts actually in this book that really sort of like for people who aren't so into the universe are really able to kind of latch onto these characters and we switch between those two characters perspectives quite a lot like Earlier, there's some really nice world building where the two of them um, have their thoughts on slip space, told to us like through each of their personal chapters. So I, I thought there was a lot of kind of emotional payoff with uh, with this moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so the Tarakato shows up and like, all right, now I've got you, Ace of Spades, and then the Ace of Spades just jumps to slip space right in front of them, and they are confused as hell. <laughs>
1: I completely misheard you as calling the UNSC ship the terracotta for a second. <laughs> the UNSC terracotta.
0: Oh, that's mm. tough. Um, and so Rian was shot, but she's recovering. Um, they toast Spark because he saved their bacon. Um, and they're they're going to show up in... Uh, they're heading to Earth next, uh, the solar system. So everyone's going to meet there in mid-August uh, on Earth. Richards is preparing for the spark fragment. She's like, all right, well, we finally got him. Meanwhile, the Ace of Spades is now cloaked. We get another Star Trek moment where they land their cloaked ship and everyone remember where we parked. Um, (laughs) So they're basically just hiking around Kilimanjaro. Um, And that's actually, I don't think that came up before, but basically they're saying that the, the peaks in Kenya are actually based on the remains of the the Stratosentinals who built Mm. uh, the Ark in um, the Iris comic.
1: And Taylor Freeze
0: terminals, yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. And once again, how did no one notice that before now? But okay. Um,
1: (laughs) It's poetry. We'll we'll, we'll go with poetry.
0: And we get more time with uh, Spark reminiscing, and he's kind of being back back home brings up old memories and he's kind of wondering what happened.
1: He gets very emotional.
0: Yeah. And he's wondering like what happened to my family, what they think happened to me. Um, and just his relationship with the librarian, because I mm. think that's one of the things that where I think Halo four didn't really touch on, but I, a lot of the the books since have is the librarian and how she's, Kind of a dick. <laughs> um, like she, she doesn't. Is, I
1: like to call her the uh the sort of the last enemy we have to fight in Halo. Essentially, is her plan.
0: Yeah, she's she's wants to like set all these things in motion, and you're like, well, did you consider what we wanted? Um, <laughs> and yeah, she's she's got this very like forerunner's burden kind of thing. Like, well, you're going to inherit the mantle, but that means I have to like. Decide how everything's gonna work out and stuff. And um, now, looking back on it, Sparks like, well, she just used me. And he's he's trying to find the librarian, but he's wondering, well, is she gonna use me again? Yeah, oh, which I liked.
1: Yeah, it really gets into the uh, the nitty gritty kind of like oh, he he has this love for her, uh, and that is it's not just something that's been programmed into him. He he knew her. He worked with her. But there's also this knowledge that what's going to happen and what she wants isn't necessarily the best thing for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's caused a lot of pain
0: over the years. Yeah, and uh, meanwhile, Richards is watching this footage from uh, the swap and she notices, hey, there's this weird blur, like, oh, that looks like a foreigner soldier that I saw in Hunters in the Dark and it's got an ace of spades mark on it, like god damn it. It's like
1: Bigfoot footage.
0: And they basically find out that 343 snuck in into their systems from the video feed, um and through Ferg, um and locks down the base. Yeah,
1: um Retribution Last Lighty with um the with Intrepid Eye, very similar to that.
0: I appreciate like, everyone complains. I feel like the, the fundamentally biggest complaint with Escalation at this point is that the Janus key turned out to be nothing, and specifically that Halsey hacked a contender-class AI. Especially because, like, the, the explanation of, well, he he let her disable him as a test was right there, and they didn't take it. Um, to explain that all away, it would have made perfect sense. But... It's nice that they've been spending a lot more time, especially with Retribution um, and Intrepid Eye. Uh, like, hey, most human AIs cannot touch this, and especially if people don't know what's going on, it, you're kind of hosed. Uh the foreigner does what it does, it does. It's to be more powerful than the precursors themselves. She is a precursor. I'm going to write that <laughs> in the next Halo follower video. Um, so... Uh, finally they they reach this hidden foreigner installation no one's noticed under Kilimanjaro and uh spark finally chooses the worst time to admit oh yeah by the way your dad's dead <laughs> she says she does not take it well and no it's it's a lightly yeah and i appreciate that spark gets angry right back at her and He he's mm. like he has a great line say i know nothing of grief yeah because she's trying to act all self-absorbed and aggrieved and he's pointing out like well everyone i knew has been dead a thousand hundred thousand years and then i spent a hundred thousand years as a robot being really bored and at that point they get confronted by han at the end of this light bridge that they activated but sparks found what he wanted and he just disappears
1: Yeah, he goes through.
0: Yeah, and he he encounters basically what's left of the librarian. So, no, she's not alive. And this
1: was a big question because obviously, when um, Primordium came out and uh, Spark says, I know where the elusive life shaper is, who he thinks is the librarian, there was a lot of um, discussion and debate over what that exactly meant because we knew in Silentium um, and the stories that followed that that Green became the new life shaper mm-hmm. and there was a big question of like okay does he think he's found the librarian but he's actually going to find charter green and all that until that was all uh, resolved in fractures mm-hmm. where she goes off with of Stella to uh, another galaxy and they have their child whether that was at all changed from an original plan we don't know but um it, it was interesting how uh, Kelly chose to sort of re- resolve it with this imprint.
0: So it's basically resolved by another librarian ghost, um, forced ghost, I guess. Um, uh, but <laughs> it's basically, it, it, it seems like it's basically linked to the one on, um, Requiem, which is interesting because she, she,
1: Yeah, she says there are others. So there's potentially more than just the one on Requiem.
0: Yeah. Um, and here, like, we get a more of that debate between, like, what her plan is and whether it's work. And we get a good line about, um, like, she's saying, well, things I did for the greater good. And the greater good is merely an excuse for the strong to make decisions for the weak, which yes. is pretty good summation of, like, the entire foreigner arc and now uh, the created, like, the rebuttal to the created's uh, philosophy. It's the issue of the mantle, ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But we do later, uh, and I know you'll
1: get to this, but we do get uh, a very succinct uh, little nod to the summary of the solution to the mantle, which uh, I was very uh, vindicated and excited by.
0: <laughs> what well, we can talk For about it now.
1: Yeah, so Rion says that maybe the forerunner mantle of responsibility um, that they were so fond of wasn't a one race responsibility, but an all races responsibility. And the sort of gradual path of building these bridges with the other society i can see a sort of uh, like the clone wars like the galactic senate and that being the kind of end goal where the mantle is like essentially a new covenant where all the races in the galaxy are kind of working together About a, a united a very, federation very of planets
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes um but basically we find out really what he's going for uh is he wants to to join his friends in the domain, basically.
2: Is that really physically um, we're going to? Cause they were taking off going back to their home planets, essentially.
0: <laughs> Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, basically like, they're going to launch off from this place. Um, and, uh, we get a reference again to bastion. Um, Yes. To, so what it is we still don't Yeah, there's basically like this idea that's sort of like the promised land um, I mean that a foreigner was willing to get composed to try and reach it um, but they have a talk and basically the librarian was like well you can spend time with the force ghosts of your friends or you can deal with your friends who are right here and he's like wait I do have mm-hmm. friends here <laughs> those guys I <they> just left <gasps> wait I have had a change of heart, and so he goes back.
2: To be fair, it was very, it was very, it was very him thing. This yeah, it? no,
0: it's, it's like, oh wait, <laughs> I've changed my mind.
1: Ho hum. Uh, Spark is nothing but but uh, a changeable person. Yeah,
0: uh, he so he goes back, saves him, teleports him out, and they escape. But not before Vion gets shot again. <laughs> she takes her hits in this book. She
1: does. There was one thing there was one thing that uh, wasn't mentioned there is that she gives Spark a coordinate key mm-hmm. that uh, she says find what's missing, fix the path write what my kind turned
0: wrong dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. yeah um, they basically escape and they actually just hang out on the planet because once again they're cloaked and they got a foreigner AI helping them out so <laughs> unless someone literally walks into their ship they're pretty good um <laughs> And that he Spark lifts the lockdown at Voy, and so they find out. Well, something shot off from Kilimanjaro, and like we're not sure what mm-hmm. it was. Um, and they're like, Ew. "Uh, they're like I'm kind of surprised Spark didn't kill us all. I guess that's good. Like we have no idea what he's doing now." Um, but is there anyone like living in that area at this point? Because of all these
2: that's went down in Halo, <laughs> living in Voy's got to be horrific. So it must be.
0: I have to imagine no yeah there's there's I feel like there's only gotta be whatever they the the structures they rebuilt and then like the janitors who keep that place clean because <laughs> it got glassed it got beaten to hell by the covenant got excavated it got presumably a bunch of ships falling in it from the home fleet fighting in hunters of the dark so I imagine it's kind of a wasteland. <laughs>
1: People are just like, you know what? Living here is a terrible idea. Let's not do that.
0: Yeah, well, especially. It's going to be great when the ships fall out of the sky because then there'll be no risk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, rest in peace, Sydney. Um, <laughs> and so we get some the downtime. Uh, we have Rion sort of grappling with her father's death finally. Um, and that spark learned from the death from a buoy that uh, Spirit of Fire dropped. Um, which is a nice connection to the Halo Wars timeline, which yes. I don't think many people realized. But it had details. If you unlocked everything on it, it had details after Halo Wars ended, mm. um, including the basically that they leave final messages for everyone, um, and that. But even before that, basically when they Serena realizes that hey, going off to this place might be a a one-way trip so she has people record I think she has them like some she comes up with a pretense like hey not you're all gonna die Uh, but she has people record messages to the loved ones and that's where uh, yes forges one comes in so he gives spark gives Rion a last message from John and it's your usual I know you're gonna be grow up to be wonderful uh, kind of stuff but it's affecting
1: feel bad I wept I wept at this scene (laughs) yeah (laughs) It's it's a nice I wept several times in this book, actually. Yeah,
0: it's it's she does it, Kelly Gay does a pretty good job handling the emotional stuff here and pitching it. It mm. it doesn't feel it doesn't particularly ever feel maudlin. It feels very genuine. No.
2: When we when we question here, did she see the the other footage or just that goodbye? That's that's the only part they talk about. She's yeah, cause, um because I know they they said that they are watching. The like Khan was watching the other the other footage, and they have more of him mm-hmm. in action. But I don't think she ever we actually read that she gets to see that stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't think they mention it. But they end they end with uh, Richards and Iqbal, also from uh, Hunters in the Dark are examining their new mm-hmm. foreigner installation they got to play around with, and meanwhile the Ace of Spades. Uh, is... Doing a bonfire uh, as remembrance for those they lost.
1: Uh, this was the other part where um, Spark says that he uh, he sings for Forthenko, for Gamalpar, Venevra, Bornsteller, and Riser. That was another part that really hit me. Been waiting to hear those names again for so long. Yeah,
0: and and that's definitely where it feels like it kind of wraps up. Uh, their stories, and that it sort of kind of got wrapped up in Silentium, but it's it's hmm. Spark saying goodbye, the last person who remembers any of these guys, uh, basically um, letting. Oh, it's a
1: shame though, because um, one of the big things in Primordium is that the essence of Forthenko is still inside Spark. He even takes over the narration for a portion of the book, mm-hmm. but he has unfortunately passed now.
0: Actually, one thing I mentioned, <laughs> I didn't really think about it until this someone posted and i think at the halo story who read it wondering what happened to the uh the last of her kind ape woman from primordium mara, mara. I'm like whatever happened to her mind. i'm like mm, probably nothing good um <laughs> <laughs> but that's just sad hopefully to think she about was,
1: uh, yeah hopefully she was receded uh, her kind and we'll find them in halo infinite yeah and take on the uh take on the
0: enemies with that
2: or she could be the next covenant species for us to we discover "Ah, she was there all the time yeah
0: (laughs) these eight people it's basically spark decides hey can i stay on as your ai because you need one um and uh they they mention actually that rion and the others um admit that they saw the librarian uh and part of the stuff to them um and they're like, "All right, what's our next mission?" Nyan says, "Well, the spirit of fire is still lost out there, so we should go find him because we're the best. We're the best ones to find it." And it basically ends like a modern movie, where like now you just have the the slam cut to titles So basically, like, and you guess we could be called Renegades title. <laughs> um, but I appreciated that. And uh, uh, Spark gives a little cryptic tease about what's coming. Yes, get you excited, and there's a final little once again, like in your mid or post credits cutscene a uh, little epilogue um in december twenty five fifty seven basically Rion sends Spartan Novak a tip on Gek's whereabouts, so basically you can suggest that that's how Geck actually got captured after the terrorist attack um and leads into his role in Spartan Ops,
1: yeah. Well, that's reference where uh, Hoya says some sanghealy freak tried to detonate a havoc
0: nuke. Yep, we caught him because of Rion. So it was a nice, Huzzah. sweet body
2: put on it. I, I like little, little inclusions like that. It's a nice way yeah. to end mm. it.
0: And it's, I think, I think it did a really overall. Like, I really enjoyed this book. It did a good job with balancing. the... I think actually one of the things I I like about this is, and. Most of the, the books in general, I think, really, it's it's down to Troy Denning's work. We've dropped a whole lot of the the military sci-fi part of things. Yes. In that, like, there aren't... I feel like the battles are basically, like, five pages total in here. Um, we are not getting long digressions on the trajectory of Archer missiles and stuff like that, which is cool if you okay. like that. But I feel like Nyland did it well and we don't need it more and this is really a much more character focused book and i am totally fine with that
1: yeah because like uh, we had silent storm last year and the recently announced sequel to it mm-hmm. uh, halo oblivion and you know for people who are fans of the more nylon desk kind of military sci-fi i think it's great that they get that kind of story but uh, really my own kind of sensibilities and tastes with the franchise have moved more towards the uh, the weird, more character-driven stuff that we get in the likes of Before in a Saga, Broken Circle, that sort of thing, this book.
0: Yeah, and it seems like they've definitely, their three, 343s, especially with how quick the turnaround on some of these novels are now, they've <laughs> they have really got their, their set stable of authors that they're turning to, and each of them hmm. has their own little uh, niche, I guess.
1: We're nearly at 30 now. I think
0: we're, what, we're in, 27, we're, 28? We're in the 20s, which I did not realize. I did not realize we were that, that many Halo novels until recently. We're pretty much many. in
2: <laughs> EU territory regarding like comparison to other franchises with Star Trek and Star Wars. We have that bulk now. Oh, note. God, no. Star we have that Star
0: Trek has so many, so, so many novels. You do not. It takes, like, 15 pages where they used to... Tell you which one you could get. There's like 200 for each series. <laughs> it's crazy.
1: But the difference with Halo is that it's all held in this singular canon, and I think that's
2: so. It's like new Star Wars then. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Um. Actually, wait. Hold on. Let me find that. There was actually.
2: Ooh. I'm surprised they haven't gone back and sort of like Star Wars Legends: uh, The Flood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised.
0: You know, if I was, if they were, I feel like they did enough with the Foreigner trilogy. But if they were gonna do, like, go back and do anything, I think that is something that would have really benefited from the animated series treatment. Just turn the entire Foreigner trilogy into animated series and integrate all the stuff in.
2: Oh, don't say that! Don't say that! Oh, I hurt my heart. Instead oh, of geez.
0: instead of doing the Fall of I Reach again.
2: My heart can't take the thought of that. No, don't say that. It's going
1: to happen. At some point, we're going to see another fall of Reach adaptation. Oh <laughs> god,
2: ten years from now. The Halo Reach VR experience. You may as well. Hololens 3.0. <laughs> Halo Reach experience day one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, actually, so that was the the thing uh, just this morning uh, t- on Twitter. Uh, just Zachary Seven had posted a, a thing talking about. The thing that he loves about the Halo lore is that the books, comics, and stuff—they could have all been cheap crash grabs, but they—they they generally mm. don't. Um, they do the exact opposite, and I think that was my response to him: is like, "Well, you have—you really only have two choices. You either do the Halo way, where you have a t- much tighter control and everything's canon, or you do the Star Trek way, where everything's out there and you can just ignore the stuff you don't like because it's half of it's crap." and be done with it and I definitely appreciate the Halo
1: way it's funny because uh, Bungie really did want it the Star Trek way essentially The fir- when they first uh, started out because they were just interested in making their game and a lot of that early tension between them mm-hmm. um, was that Microsoft wanted to build uh, a franchise, a series that would really launch the Xbox brand and this is where we are now almost 30 books later yeah.
0: Microsoft won out, and here we are. It
1: did. For the better, I think.
0: Yeah. And so we don't have... (laughs) I guess the question here is because we've gotten follow-ups to all the other Halo books in like less than a year when we think we'll see Rion Forge and company again, especially since they seem to be on a collision course with Halo Wars games, which, Mm. in turn, we have no idea if they're going to actually follow up in a main video game.
2: I hope we don't have to wait ten more years to find out what happens next, <laughs> honestly. Hey we only had to, to wait We only had to
0: wait eight years. Eight years for Halo Wars two and it eight years for sequel to, like, like, like to primordial. It was like the yesterday. or six years.
2: Yeah. yeah. But no I'm i I'm just glad we finally got something on Spark, I didn't care what it was. I was like, I'm reading this. Fast. Well,
0: and yeah, we knew something was gonna happen because you don't name your studio after a character you're gonna leave dead. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't or, take
2: eight years to do something with that same character as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> that you're named after, so it's a bit weird. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't use that as a defense.
0: I want Spark to show up in the games and like just do it. Like, hey, nod over to Chief, and Chief's like, "What the hell."
1: You know, you could get away with that, I think, because Spark is just such is the kind of character you can do that. With. I mean, when you played Halo One, right? If you didn't watch until the end of the credits, it, but you played Halo Two, you were like, "Yeah, I guess, I guess
0: he's back." Yeah, They don't even. Which actually, yeah, I always forget that the, that Halo has a post-credit sequence like that, where it's just yeah. Spark showing he survived. Um, yeah, he just flies off. The monster isn't dead. I guess the the, the problem is that now we've got. Halo Wars already has its host of characters, and now we've got even more potential characters, which decreases the mm. likelihood you could ever stick them in a game, because you'd, they basically have to be background characters. So, I don't know.
1: And it gets into that kind of swim lanes idea that 343 is rolling with, with uh, with regards to how they're handling some of the storylines yeah. in the universe.
0: Which is decently graceful, but at some point things are going to to happen. You can't just cut them off from each other forever. No. I mean, that was the issue with
1: Halo 5, really, compared to the expectations we had with Halo 4, where it was set up like every book you're reading now is going to feed into the game in some way, whereas now they've sort of stepped back from that and said, okay, we're going to go with... uh, Well, and and
0: I definitely think that was a smarter choice because I think, I mean, with the issues, Karen Travis has her own issues, as the human says, but I think Mm. really... An overarching thing, to be fair to her, that kills those books was the first two were mostly set up for Halo Four, and really it was only Mortal Dictata that she got back to the themes of the entire trilogy that she wanted to explore. It's
1: funny, yeah, because it's like it didn't feel like Glasslands and the Thursday War were the stories she wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. Mortal Dictata very much did. That felt like if that had just been the only book in in the Halo Five series. I think that would have been kind of enough for what she wanted to, to mm-hmm.
0: do yeah i think it was a lot better at handling what it was trying to do but other ones and to this day i still don't understand why they they literally had it take place in 2553 when they had all those years to spread things out but <laughs> i guess the only thing is you did get off screen at in the halo 3 cut scene is the members of ferret team <laughs> at the foy memorial <laughs> Just in the corner. Yeah, it's um, yeah. So I like this book. I think everyone else liked it. Correct?
1: Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, and um, uh, the reception to it has been pretty marvelous, and I think that's very well justified. Yeah,
0: and it's it's,
2: it's easily the most fun Halo experience I've had in quite some time. And it through this book, yeah. So it's I'd got it's
0: got comedy, it's got tragedy, it's got poignant moments, it's got Oni people getting their comeuppance. So what's not to love? A true crowd pleaser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves that. And I mean, maybe we just got, so yeah, we just got the next Troy Denning novel announced. So it's possible in like three months, we'll get an early 2020 <laughs> announcement for the next Kelly Gay novel. It's possible. I'd be thrilled with that. Yeah. Well, I definitely hope that we see see more from her, even if it's not following up on these guys for a while. All right. Anything else? Last thoughts? There
1: was the Didact who got referenced. I just feel like I've always got to bring the Didact up somewhere.
0: Yeah, Um,
2: yeah, they definitely brought him him up again for a reason. Like, you don't remind people about that sort of thing. They
0: mentioned him, but at the same time, the librarian, Forest Ghost, basically says, well, he's gone now, so...
1: She's, uh, she's asked whether the didact can ever find peace by uh, by Spark, and she she fears that he is beyond redemption at this point.
2: Yeah, it just it just reminds me it's it's a uh, it's a little bit of foundation for certain people to make assumptions. Oh yes, he's definitely coming back. He's definitely coming back in Halo infinite. Definitely a hundred percent confirmed. You know.
0: Well, you see, he's gonna come up with his own soldier armature, and then. <laughs> spark is going to have to like evolve to ultra mecha spark and fight him out in a, in a cardboard city miniature. He's going to bite his finger. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess it's one of those things where, yeah, you can, you can take the the comments as either like, yeah, well, that's the end of the didact or, well, he still could be out there. 343 seems totally content to try and entertain people's alternate theories (laughs) to a fault like all the all the data drops in the Halo 5 legendary crate regarding Cortana uh Ugh.
1: was not a fan of
0: this. Yeah, I just feel like you got to as I have regularly posted on Halo Reddit things. Like I I appreciate why people don't like Cortana being a villain. I think it's justified and I know we have disagreed about this. Um <laughs> <laughs> but you just got to stick with it. Like either way if you just like well actually uh it was the die deck actually she's been crazy actually it's her rampant fragments even though we never had rampant fragments being evil before <laughs> uh, like you just you're just gonna make it worse
1: well i think it'd be interesting because uh in the teaser for halo infinite there's a, a, a proposed time jump to 2560 and it'd be interesting to see what has happened in that time and where we will begin that story mm-hmm. and we've and, we've you know,
0: we've already in uh bad blood basically wrapped up the end of halo 5 so we know they're on the run and everyone's back everyone's back together
2: but we're, we're we're still messing the context of that uh engine reveal the the actual setting for infinite itself we still don't have context for that well
0: we've got how many potential halo rings We've got Installation... Uh, so it, it is Installation 7. It is Installation 7 as the basis. That yeah. has been confirmed. But we still got Installation 09 hanging out there. Yeah. Um, and then we've, we've got, got... Two and three and six yeah. and five. And then we've got uh the, the not Cortana, possibly not Cortana, possibly other AI chip uh, from the end of the Slip Space Engine demo. Yes. So, I don't know. We'll see if any of this wraps in
2: yeah so we st- I, I i don't think the book gave us much context yeah. for that i think that was a deliberate thing mm-hmm. as well so we, we still have that to our walled garden around around internet
0: yeah it, de- it definitely seemed renegades definitely seemed like it was it was doing a little bit of house cleaning and and finishing up some stuff um because it i think we've still got i should write an article about this but we've We've hit up, like, a remarkable amount of, I like, a year and a half ago, I, I wrote, like, well, the, like, the top dangling plot threads, like, listing them all down, like, characters and stuff like that. Yeah. And we've hit up Dural and Dama, like, whatever happened to that guy, we've hit up the Sharkoi, <laughs> From the Conversation of the Universe. We've followed up on the First Strike Crystal. We followed up on Guilty Spark and the Rubicon. Like we've hit a whole bunch of the long remaining stuff.
1: Yeah. We've just gotta find out whether Janja Quom, the Sunshayum homeworld, uh whether that's still out. Yeah,
0: we've got that. We've got um mendicant bias obviously which is going to be the like, ah, mendicant bias um but i what
1: i love with mendicant is that um so he's on the arc right mm-hmm. and the grave mind is also on the arc technically <laughs> you have know, got the flub there so you've got these two like old buddies now turned enemies just sort of, like, imagine them like sending hostile messages at one another just like oh you
2: again you bastard
0: well and, and that's true
2: psychic text messages to each other yeah definitely i guess the
0: uh <laughs> I guess the the end of awakening the Nightmare doesn't really, leaves it open-ended whether or not the Flood threat's actually been neutralized or contained or not. Um,
1: Potential Halo Wars 3? uh, Maybe. combust in the Gravemind. Maybe. With the Spirit of Fire and the Banished. I I get the
0: the strong sense that Halo Wars 2 did not perform well.
1: Or like as well enough to... Well, I mean, as well,
0: but... Halo Wars 1 was the best-selling console RTS ever, and it only sold, yeah. sold like a million copies. So I think the the big problem is that they tried with Blitz and stuff. They wanted to make it less niche, but RTSs themselves are dwindling. So you I'm not what, sure are going to get Shout out to the Wars team section.
1: for really supporting the game. Yeah. Like, over two years on, they've done a fantastic job with it. And uh, Fort Jordan, the remake of Fort Dean, uh, that's so fun to play on. I love it.
0: Yeah, I have to get back to playing Halo Wars too. It
1: feels like we're sort of like heading towards a Halo reimagined in a way where we're going to have lots of new things to talk about, I hope.
0: Well, excuse me, Halo Infinite is actually a reboot and... uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, of course, that was going to be taken out of context, yes. is not it? For yeah, people? for
0: context. Someone... Who was it? Was it Bonnie Ross? Mentioned something about like basically like reimagining Halo, something, yeah, with the obvious if you read the context it's like oh well we want to make this approachable to new people aka why we call it halo infinite instead of halo 6 and people freaked out and said it was going to be a reboot um (laughs) so as usual okay all right thanks to our hospice for joining us anything you wanted to plug while you're here
1: (laughs) um so i've been doing reviews of lone wolf the linda uh, centric comic series that's been going on we've got one more issue of that to go uh so if you're looking to get caught up on some peripheral lore that's something to check out but i've got more exciting stuff coming over the year
0: yeah cool and we'll put a link to that in the show notes um you can check those out uh at forward dot com slash fudcast28 while you're there you can check out old episodes or articles on the site and we got some new content of ourselves coming soon subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and you can follow us on Twitter and YouTube using the handle forward dawn thanks for listening and we'll see you next time